sources for Virginia sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CatsCorner.com. Coming to you live from the palatial Franklin Estates in the west end of Richmond, where it is Wednesday, October the 28th. The month is almost over. It feels strange that Virginia's only played a handful of games, but you know what? This is essentially the midway point of the season. Um, Cavaliers obviously went down to Miami, did not get a win. 19-14 loss to the then number 11 ranked Hurricanes. Cavaliers will be back home Saturday night, Halloween, under the lights again, um, playing on the ACC Network again um, against uh, the um, 15th ranked North Carolina Tar Heels, who put a hurting on rival NC State last weekend. We will talk about, let's see, we'll talk about the loss to the Canes. We'll talk about this game um, with North Carolina, and I'm sure we'll get into all kinds of fun stuff in the middle. Before we get started, let's go around and introduce everybody. First up in Fishersville, David Spence is back on the show. How's it going, my man? It's going pretty good. I got nothing witty tonight. I don't know. I guess I, I do appreciate UVA like shouting out about the podcast being released tomorrow. It's nice of them. Who Dave's on the board at Who Dave's on Twitter. <laughs> Some people have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> and uh, up in Arlington, staff writer Justin Ferber's back on the program. We got the band all back together. How's it going, dude? He is coming oh, Thursday. Oh God. <laughs> Whatever that means. At Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter. And Cavs Corner also on Twitter. Cavs underscore Corner. Great place for the in-game updates, content items, and the occasional witty banter. Uh, we should just share real quick that one of the th- when this got shared among the three of us, Ferber was like, "What do you think the most like random thing is that this could be?" And we, we're not going to go into some of the things we said, but then we just started tossing out random names, and I said Curtis Grant. Um, so who, who? Somebody else said somebody between that and my last one. Somebody said somebody else. Hippolito Corporate. And then I said Hippolito Corporate. Yeah, Philip Sims, and then I said Hippolito Corporate. If you know who Hippolito Corporate is, you deserve a, some sort of like bonus or some sort of I didn't. Star. I didn't chime in in the thread, but I'm going to add Jeffrey Farrar. Ooh, Jeffrey oh, Farrar. There's one. Him oh. and Hippolito are kind of like, Ooh, Cam like the Sadler. same dude in my mind. Oh, um, oh yeah. If, if you're a UVA fan from like the last five years, you have no idea yeah, what Yeah, you really. This about. is all – you're like, what? Let's turn this off and just, you know. Start something else. All right, all right. Nineteen fourteen. Um, I'm I'm not I'm not somebody who thinks that the pro football focus grades are the end all be all. Um, they would tell you that basically on offense, Brendan Armstrong's like the only dude who played well. Everybody else was basically like the poo poo platter. I'm not sure I believe that, but definitely to me, the offense was the issue here, which is not something we've said. Well, NC State, everything was the issue. Um, I guess on the one hand. We should talk about Armstrong coming back, and we should talk about the quarterback situation, and we should let Ferber delve deeper into his many thoughts on on that from um, his outstanding film room piece, which the link is uh, in the content item for this as well as in your uh, podcast player choice right now. But I guess I want to start with a general question, which is, what's UVA's offense trying to do? Like, what's their identity? Who are they? Because I'm not sure I know right now. And that's probably not a good thing. I know that they don't have Lavelle Davis right now, presumably because of COVID-19. Um, hope to get him back soon. They should get Ronnie Walker back soon. They seemed hopeful. Um, you know, they got a couple injuries here and there. Um, I know there are a couple of them on the on the offensive line that sound like the guys are just kind of dinged up at playing through. But realistically, what, what do we think of Virginia's offense right now? I, I feel comfortable with Armstrong. I feel like he's, he's fine. Um, I'm not really sure about the whole, the, you know, what's Dave's whole thing? You know, every, all the sentences make a paragraph. You know, right now it just seems like there's just a whole bunch of stuff on the edges and some of it just kind of gets thrown in um, here and there. And the quarterback thing maybe is a part of that. Ferber, I'm going to start with you. What what do we think of UVA's offense right now, both in terms of what it is, 
and what they want it to be? Uh, <laughs> I think it's a few different things happening at once, sort of. So I think I'll start with the easy one. I think they're probably not executing at the level that they can. Uh, there's just a lot, especially drops. There's just been a lot of drops this year, and we didn't really see that last year from this team at all. Um, so, I mean, that needs to improve. Turnovers before this game was a big problem. This game, they, it seems like they kind of got out of their own way at least and, and corrected it, which is great. Um, and I think that's a big positive. But you're right. I think that I don't want to say they don't have an identity because that kind of seems like a plate, like a just a catch-all sort of thing. But I I don't know what the what the thing is that's sort of their calling card in terms of scoring points and and really like attacking a defense. Quarterback runs I think are are a big part of what they're trying to do and have been some of their most successful plays, whether that's the rotation that we've seen in the last couple weeks or Armstrong. Like if you look at their numbers, yards per carry, yards per play, they're all at six or a little bit higher than six, which is great. But I mean, at the end of the day, the offense's job is to score as many points as possible. It's not to score a certain number of points. It's not to get over a threshold. It's to score as many points as they possibly can. And you can say whatever you want about the quarterback rotation if you feel like Anai got away from it too early or whatever. I, I you know, I would say read the thing I wrote yesterday um, because there's not really a clear answer on that. But when they were doing those plays, they still scored seven points in a long time, um, a lot of drives. They had one other drive that was pretty good that stalled out in the red zone. Um, as far as you know, whether that's interrupting Armstrong's rhythm, I'm not really sure. I mean, it seems like the the data would indicate that it's not great. Um, he had two yards passing on plays after he was not a quarterback in five attempts, so that's not great. Um, I think the bigger problem is the lack of verticality in big plays in general, whether it's through vertical passing or short throws that go long or runs that go long, because um, that they're just not having those plays. And and I will give them the benefit of the doubt having you know stone in for six quarters at quarterback you're not going to have as many big plays you're probably not going to score as many points or get as many yards um on saturday armstrong you know coming back from an injury i understand all that playing against a pretty good miami defense they're not making enough big plays and when they do make them it, it does make a difference like you know you think about last year the second half of the year when their offense went from mediocre to decent and, you know, think about that North Carolina game last year, 65-yard Bryce Perkins touchdown, a bunch of big plays to Jana, right? The Virginia Tech game, how many big plays were there in that game? Bryce Perkins had two long touchdown runs. You had a, uh, that long pass to Dubois, a couple other big passes in that game, big play to Joe Reed. That is the difference between this offense being middling or bad and decent. And they have to figure out how to do that. And I think Lavelle Davis being out, it's crazy to say, you know, five games into his career, but I think it really made a difference. And if if he's not going to hit big plays, you have to find somebody else that can. You know, Terrell Jana had the biggest play of the game the other day, 49-yard play, but that was sort of a weird play that you're not going to be able to, like, expect to happen again. Miami missed a bunch of tackles. It was pouring down rain. Like, that's not a, a play that you can you just can expect to happen over and over again. They have to find ways to turn five, six-yard gains into 20-yard gains and 15-yard gains into 60-yard gains. I, they don't have to you, – you can't – they're not going to be Oregon, Marcus Mariota era. But, like, you have to be able to do that every once in a while to get a defense to respect it, back off, and then maybe turn a, a, a drive that is six plays, 15 yards, and a punt into 
six plays, 50 yards and a field goal. That's That can be the difference. And, and right now they're just not making enough of those plays, and I think that's their biggest problem, just like it was last year in the first half of the year. Yeah. Um, one thing I was thinking about as you were kind of explaining things is it's not necessarily that um, that – that UVA's scheme or anything is like dramatically shifted. I think in some ways with Brennan healthy and, you know, having some seat time under him, he's probably a closer fit as we've talked about before to kind of what they want to do, what they were able to do last year. So much of it was one Bryce Perkins two Hasis Dubois, right? Like as I was thinking about it the other day, like Haas saved them in situations that they really had no business of being saved. Right. If you think about it, like, he just won every one-on-one matchup. When's that going to happen, right? Dude just didn't drop the ball. They've already had more drops this year than I feel like they've had in the last two combined. But I think in the in the post game the other day, asked Brennan about you know the multiple quarterbacks, and for to him, he doesn't think it's a problem. So I don't think to him it's an issue like in terms of rhythm and stuff. I think it's a it's a it's a it's imperative that the folks around him put him in the best spot. And Ferber made a point. You know about like, when, sometimes with him he he needs he needs to see one go down, you know before he kind of gets rolling. Um, the more opportunities he has to see that one go down, the better. Um, I, when when they rolled this three headed quarterback thing out at Wake, I was like, oh snap, look at this. And realistically, I thought that they would use it even when Brennan came back. I was a little bit underwhelmed by the way in which they used it, and I'm not saying that from the standpoint of like, oh, I know how to do it better, but more of like. Um, it just didn't seem as inventive or it didn't, I guess it didn't seem to make as much sense. Right. Um, you should be able to do more with those guys that doesn't require, you know, things that literally everybody on defense is expecting. I mean, ultimately you've got two dudes who have 98, 99, right? They, they stand out like a sore thumb. Everybody knows their quarterbacks now. Right. So unless you're going to actually throw the ball in, in essence, you're sort of letting the defense off the hook unless you get really creative with it or you start using tendencies and sort of going against it. And so I kind of feel like if Virginia's going to use this thing going forward, it can't be what it's been. It has to continue to evolve. It can't, it can't just be like, Oh, we're going to, we're going to gain some yards on like sheer talent alone. Those kids are good. And they, and they do give UVA a different element, but that element's not enough. What is enough is a consistent offense with a quarterback who is comfortable. There's a reason these things don't typically work out and that's okay. Um, you can, because of these guys and their versatile skill sets, you can do some different things with them, but man, you got to do it in a different way than just, you know, essentially giving the defense exactly what it expects to see. What do you think, Dave, as you've, as you've kind of thought about this offense in terms of its identity and where it should go, what are your, what are your thoughts on them right now? Well, let me start with the caveat that like, I mean, this is an offense that has multiple dudes in multiple positions doing things they weren't doing last year. And I mean, I think it'd be unfair not to point that out. Yeah, you got a quarterback starting for the you know his first year as the full time starter. You've got Jan asked to step up from a tertiary role to the you know your lead receiver um, prior to being out for whatever reason. Um, you know, Lavelle Davis obviously was playing a lot more um, in a role we maybe thought Wicks was going to be learning to play, and then you've got Paul John um, getting a lot of playing time. So there's a lot of guys who who didn't play last year and who did not have the benefit of spring ball to, to kind of work on a lot of stuff. Um, and then, you know, a fall camp, which we all understand wasn't 
a normal fall camp. So, you know, there is some expectation for them to not be a fine old machine when they come out. Um, and, but you know, if you look at the Duke game with the, all the turnovers, uh, the defense force, they, they did okay. Um, and then you play Clemson who very few teams are going to move the ball on and looking across the board, Virginia's done pretty respectable versus Clemson compared to the other opponents they've played. Um, and then you got two games where Brennan was out, you know, Brennan got injured early at NC state, obviously, and then wasn't available for the wake forest game. And then comes back against a very, very good Miami team. Um, you know, a team Virginia struggled to score at score against, regardless of quarterback, um, consistently, the last several games, um, despite even winning one of them. So, like, I mean, I think all that has to be taken to, to account. But if you look at what you continue to see from the offense year after year, to me, the issue with the offense is accountability. Like, when the defense is bad, we we hear it. Like, we see guys taking blame. I, there's one constant with the offense and that's the guy making the play calls. Um, and sometimes they work, but when they don't don't work, they're so head scratching. Like it's a game and you, you do hear the staff and the players talk about how good the offensive line is, right? Well, a good offensive line can get you three yards of carry and you don't have to be a rocket scientist to run the ball three times and, you know, potentially pick up a first down. So to me, if anything, the off, look, I understand, not having Brennan and needing to come up with some kind of answer late against NC State and certainly against Wake Forest, a team that, um, you know, Virginia moved the ball well, pretty well on them considering they didn't have the starting quarterback. Um, but at some point, like, it's just, it, it's too much window dressing and not enough, not enough productivity. And that comes down to, you know, the one constant to me. It's, you know, it, it's frustrating as a fan. Um, Miami's really good. Like, don't don't get me wrong, but just it seems like there's times when when they make it so much more complicated than it has to be. I think Justin was right. Like this offense, if you watch just the game against Miami, like very few plays had anyone down <clears throat> 15 yards down the field or further. So by the time Virginia got going a little bit, Miami was able to put seven or eight non guys in the box at times. Um, the reason you saw Henry get open is was busted coverage because they weren't, weren't expecting them to run more than 15 yards because um, no one else had all night. So, you know, it's just – like maybe it gets better with Tom. My, my <laughs> The experience we should – we like I have watching this offense, like I don't think it's going to get better quickly um, unless the defense provides the offense with some short fields and some, some momentum. But, you know, having to – you know, and that's the other thing. Like I'm, tr- I'm trying to be fair about it, right? I mean, it's another thing. This offense has gotten zero production out of the special teams game. I think the first drive they scored a touchdown on, they got a big kick return. Um, special teams hasn't done much. The defense is another game without creating a turnover. Um, so it makes them having, you know, it's making them have to work a long field every time. Um, and the defense, you know, an offense that's struggling, sometimes they need that shot in the arm. So, complimentary football as we've talked about before certainly would help but for me using you know using armstead and thompson as as a wrinkle made a lot of sense with stone i don't mind the idea of having kt run the ball some you know especially because he's proven he he can be at least a weapon out of the slot or as a wide receiver so you can i think you can have him and brendan on the field at the same time but um yeah i think just get pick two or three things you're good at and let them do it you know take some shots 
who cares? I mean, I'd rather throw a you know fifty yard interception on second down than get to second and ten and run a reverse. Um, you know, take some shots, put some pressure on the defense, make them think. I know they're trying to do it by formation and pre-stat motion, but you can do that in the play too. I think the thing the that reverse was, really was really yeah, upsetting. Yeah, I was getting ready to say the yeah. thing that's always frustrating me. On that one. <laughs> Things always. My problem me. with it wasn't the call necessarily; it was when he called it, yeah. and it's just like this is an example of my biggest thing with a nice offense is like I don't know. There's some stuff in there. Like I'm not even talking about the quarterback run stuff. There's just some stuff in there that I'm like, how did how did he get to that as the play? Like, it just seems low percentage. You throw in, like, deep wheel routes to Billy Kemp. Like, he's 5'8". Like, I don't yeah. understand that. And then, like, the reverse, it was second and 10 at, like, the Miami 40 or something like that. You just – I think there was incomplete to play before. So, like, UVA's entire offense is based on getting into third and short. And that time you run a reverse? Like, I don't – like, and you're just setting yourself up to be – to not have even a chance to kick a long field goal if you go three, if you don't get a first down there. And how many, I'm not trying to pick on Tavares Kelly, but how many of these plays have we seen now where it just gets blown up, whether it's his fault or the blocking isn't there? Like it just keeps happening. So I don't understand why you would go to that. And then there's other times where I'm just like, how is, how is that the call? Like it just seems like the quarterback sneak against NC state from the two. Like, what is that? I don't, I just don't understand it. And and that's the thing, and, and I, I don't want to go too long on this because I know we got to talk about other things, but I don't think that a nigh should be able to get a pass in the in the sense of saying, like, things were really good the two years before this, and then, like, you know, eventually we'll get back there. They Were they that good? Like, I mean, considering, like, what you had on offense, that's my thing. What was UVA elite at in the last two years? Third down conversions. That's it. They were really good on third down with Bryce Perkins. And and I think I just gave you the reason why they were so good. He just had so many plays where he could extend the play and get first downs. And I'm not trying to take, you know, say Nia gets no credit for that. But, I mean, if you look at every other year, like I'm just looking at third down conversion rates. First year UVA, 107th nationally. Then 74th. Then two good years. And then 88th this year. Like, the rest of the stuff is just mediocre even with Perkins. Like, their red zone conversion rates and stuff with Perkins were, like, one year 127th? Like, what? <laughs> In 2018? That's terrible. That's, like, almost dead last nationally. And and then, you know, like, the rest of it, points, yards, yards per play, like, those numbers are pedestrian numbers. And they got by because he did enough, and, and they scored a lot of points, or enough points, a, a lot of points for UVA. <laughs> 40th nationally i mean if you asked a lot of uva fans they'd probably be like this is the best offense we've ever had <laughs> like and really it was the 40th best nationally right and that's fine yeah. like you can get by with that that's not terrible especially when you have good special teams and a good defense but like eventually the offense has to pick up the defense and pick up special teams you can't just rely on them to give you the ball at the 25 yard line every time it's just it's just when are they going to get to a point where they're ranking 14th nationally in a category or 20th you know i just i'm not seeing it besides like a few years where they were good on third down the thing that always frustrates me is they like to do so much stuff around the line of scrimmage that you that like if you wanted to have any sort of explosive play out of you would literally need dudes to break like three or four tackles or just to have multiple guys slip and fall right 
Like, yeah. Or you just need a guy that's just the fastest guy on the field, and you're like, not, and, which UVA doesn't really have. Exactly, you know? and, and I'm saying if you look at their personnel right now, you know, like I understand that at times they've been close, right? At times they've been close to, to breaking this or they've, you know, I don't mean this year, I'm just saying in general, right? But like that can't be your plan, right? Your plan has to be a little bit more nuanced than that. I, I don't – one of the things about this offense is that you rarely see them – sort of really using the middle of the field. And we've talked about that a lot, right? Everything is on the outs. And it's like the degree of difficulty in terms of scoring points is not necessarily aided by the, it doesn't appear at least to be aided by the the sort of methodology and the route tree. You know what I'm saying? Like it just, it's not, it, it's almost like they're okay with just being, um, with just sort of being cautious, and, That's exactly what it is. They and, they scrapped the hurry up offense in their first year for that exact reason. And to I get, basically like limit exposure. And I get like you, you know okay you want to be risk yeah. averse and this is going to be who we are. Okay fine. So when I talked about identity earlier, you know all right. So you're trying to minimize turnovers. Okay cool. There are a lot of negative plays. Just everything around the line of scrimmage and you know what I'm saying. Like you're not really giving your guys a chance to thrive. And what's funny is I was talking to somebody else about this the other day. It's like defensively Virginia has is so not risk averse right they blitz everything everything is one-on-ones dudes on islands you know if, if the pressure doesn't get home you know what that's a that's a ball looking for for a receiver you know what I'm saying like it they're they, they, they talk so much about complimentary football but then you watch them and, and you realize that like unless I mean look maybe it's possible that I've just got this completely backwards but I see an offense that is completely risk averse and I see a defense that doesn't even know what risk is Right, they just only know create havoc, go go go, pin your ears yeah. back, right? And it's almost like this year, I want those two things to flip, right? I think the offense has to take those shots. The offense has to be looking for that big play. The offense, and it can't be gadgets. You're not gonna, you know, run Brennan Armstrong out here on uh, to the to the um, to the hash, and you're you're gonna throw it over there, and he's gonna throw. Like everybody knows that that's probably what's coming. Like so, yeah, every team has something that's like asinine. that, you know. Um, but. I would like to see the defense probably drop back in coverage more. Now, granted, I, I, you know, they had a good week, and we should talk a little bit about that. Like, I thought Charles Snowden had easily his best game. You know, Nick Jackson I thought was super impressive. Um, you know, when you look at the grades, like, they finally started tackling better, which was a good step in the right direction, especially considering the talent level of the team they're playing, the quarterback of the team they're playing, and the fact that there was a lot of weather, right? Like, of all the games for them to, like, improve their tackling numbers by, like, 10 points, I didn't think this was going to be the one. Um, but I just, I look at a, I look at that defense and I think, man, what would they be like if they dropped some guys in coverage sometimes and just kind of let their defensive front, their, their, their front three, just kind of go do, do what they do. Right. And actually try to, to play some cat and mouse with the quarterback instead of just knowing like all he's got to do, all he's got to do is move the pocket a little bit. And those guys are going to be open somewhere. Right. That's, that's the frustrating part for me is that I almost feel like those two methodologies, if they flip Virginia would be sort of much better off. What did we think, uh, Dave? Let's go back to you. What did you think of the defense, and how are you feeling about that group now, having seen them play something a little bit more maybe akin to what we expected to see from them? Yeah, I mean, they, they played very well. Um, I mean, other than the first 30 seconds where you know, I hadn't even gotten my first you – know, hadn't even gotten comfortable in my seat, and they were down 7 nothing. Um yeah, I like how you were gonna say first beer, but yeah, I was no, I was say, like, why? no, I'd already. I was probably second, third, <laughs> fourth beer by that point. Um, <laughs> no, it's uh, no, I mean, I thought the defense played well. I did think over compared to the other games, I do think they played a little more coverage 
than we had seen. But yeah, I, I get your point. Um, I, I think you know Snowden showing up was, was a was big. Um, you know when he when he shows up, then the offensive line you know has to block differently. They've got to they've got to use a tight end to chip. They got to chip with the running back. You just like when you've got and you know multiple guys wreaking havoc, it creates easier matchups for the rest of your defense. So. Look, the defense did everything they had to do to put Virginia in that game. You know, despite giving up seven points in the first thirty seconds, I mean, I don't think Miami scored their second touchdown until the fourth, like beginning of the fourth quarter, right? So, I mean, um, you know, despite them, obviously, you know, the defense certainly was winded at points and had to burn some timeouts to, you know, save a touchdown earlier in the second half. And you know, I think they took another one and didn't save the touchdown, but. Yeah, I mean, I was pretty happy to play overall, considering Miami's. You know, Derek King's pretty good, and Miami's got some. Miami's got some talent. Everyone likes. You know, the problem with it's like Florida State, right? Like when teams like that have a bad year, everyone's like, "Oh, they're crap." Well, they, no, they're still loaded with talent. You just got to get them motivated and pointed in the right direction. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, I've got no problems with the way the defense played. Um, you know, they, they came out of the gate slow, but. They responded and they they gave the offense a chance to to win that game. Um, unfortunately, the offense couldn't get out of their own way. What about you, Ferber? What do you think of the defense right now? Yeah, I thought they were great. Um, I mean, nineteen points says something. I mean, the fact that they were able to just keep them and really, I mean, what were they ten and a half time Miami? Um, I, I thought that. They were good in a number of ways. First, I thought they were good against the run. Second, I thought they were good at keeping King from being able to really exploit them with his legs getting out of the pocket earlier in the game. I think eventually the tempo and the fact that the offense just didn't move the ball and kept giving Miami the ball back. Um, you talk about complementary football. UVA ran 10 plays in the third quarter. Miami winded UVA's defense, really, because they just kept having the ball. Um and I think that was a big problem. But I think UVA's defense was really good in those areas. And for the most part, they played bend but don't break, which was really, really big for them. Um, Miami, you know, got to the red zone a few times and had to settle for field goals, one they missed. Um, I think that was really big. I mean, they, they gave the offense the chance to win the game. Um, unfortunately, they weren't able to take advantage of it. But it was really encouraging to see that after seeing what Wake did the week before. And um, you start to wonder, man, like, you know, what is this defense going to be able to stop? You know, if they can't stop this offense, not no offense to Wake, but I mean, you know, there's going to be some guys with more talented players that you're going to face. And um, I thought they bounced back well, considering the fact that they were down a couple of guys, too. And, and you know, it, they were just a lot kind of stacked against them. And, and they did it. They did enough, certainly, to give UVA a chance to win. And that's all you can really ask for. Um you know, it, it would have been great if they could have forced the turnover somewhere. But, I mean, and, and UVA has one turnover in the last four games, which I think it's not coincidental that their record is what it is because of that. But um, I, I think that overall you can't really complain about what they did. It certainly isn't – the result is not on them at all. 19 points is is definitely okay um, to allow to a team to my, like Miami on the road. Yeah. Um well, let's 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 transition um, to this week. Let's talk about the the Tar Heels, right? So, this is <laughs> in so many ways very similar to the team UVA beat last year in Chapel Hill, except UVA is not similar to the UVA team that beat them in Chapel Hill 
Um, so Sam Howell's back. Brown's back. Um, Newsom is back. The uh, running backs, I mean, dude, they are stacked. Um, if they hadn't already played Clemson, you'd say, okay, this is the best offense they've faced. At least I would say that. I don't know about you guys. What's the – Ferb, let's go back to you. What's the key for you in this game? Um, and don't say, like, you know, score more points than the other team or, you know, whatever. I, I kind of feel like whatever you can do to keep Sam Howe out of rhythm, um, which is my point earlier about, you know, go and, and don't go, go and don't go. You know, like, don't let him just know what it's going to be because you're Virginia and you always blitz, right? Um, what do you think the key is for UVA in this game? I, I really think it's going to – it's not necessarily like comp- – you kind of hit on it. It's not like shut him down, shut down their long passing game. It's like weather this storm, right? They did a good job of that last year. Uh, you know, you go back and, and look at that game. It wasn't like UVA just steamrolled them. I mean, early in the game, it was the haymakers back and forth. Like, they hit some deep balls. UVA had some good plays. I think it was tied at halftime, and then UVA had a big third quarter. But – you know they're gonna they're gonna make plays down the field. They're gonna have big running plays. It's it's unavoidable. I think you just have to kind of be able to manage that. And like they did against Miami, you know, if you give up a thirty yard pass, don't let it go for fifty and a touchdown. You know, make a tackle and then try to figure out how to make a stop. You know, on the next series. And you know, if they can do that, they'll have a chance. If if they give up bomb after bomb after bomb and a lot of them go for touchdowns, it's gonna be hard for them to be able to keep up. Um, I think that's the big thing. And, and really, um, you know, it's going to be about, you know, Hal's not really a mobile guy. You know, he's, he's going to throw deep down the field a lot. Try to get to him before he's able to make those deep throws. If you can't let him step into those, I mean, that kind of helps you right there. Make him go to a second, third read, check down because you have pressure on him or because the guy's covered up. And I think that's going to be the big thing, coverage versus their receivers. And last year we were really worried about that. And, UVA had a banged up secondary that actually did a pretty good job for for a while. I mean, <laughs> there were definitely some plays that that they got torched on, but that's going to happen to almost everybody against North Carolina. I mean, they they have 500 plus yards in their last of offense in their last three games. Um, for reference, if you want to know, UVA has five or uh, eight 500 yard games in five years um, in the Robert and I offense. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that. It's going to be about just limiting the big plays to big plays and not big play touchdowns. Dave, I feel like one of the things we haven't talked about is this season, at least um, with any regularity, is how well UVA is playing the run. Um, That is, I think, the one thing that they really as a defense can seem to lean on. Now, granted, they gave up that one 75-yard touchdown against Wake that was just, you know, awful. And a lot of that NC State game was awful in a lot of ways. But – realistically am i crazy well let me i don't actually want to i don't want to carry this flag is somebody crazy (laughs) if they say to you that really what uva needs to do is make sam howell beat them because i kind of feel like that's not nuts i feel like between carter and williams that those two dudes are just so good at essentially breaking you that if you can if you can stop that momentum Carolina's offense becomes a little bit different. I understand that they've got all these weapons and they got obviously one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Um, considering that one of UVA's strengths is, is is playing the run, how how important? Or I guess let me rephrase that: Is it realistic to think if UVA shuts down the run, UVA can w- still win this game 
You know, is is the idea of making Sam Howell beat you ridiculous? I mean, I think you've got to shut down one or the other. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I am not. Like, I, I know the numbers say Virginia's run defense is good. I don't think it's as good as the numbers suggest because teams are passing at ease. Uh, that's true. Them. Fair. Um, I mean, like, I mean, and against the RPOs, like Wake Forest, I can't remember what Wake Forest passed against us, but um, I kind of don't think we should use Wake to Forest. To me, like, though. the RPO game is almost a, almost part yeah. of the run game. Like, yeah, true. I don't know, man. Know, that, that Wake yeah. offense just that, that reminded me of, like, Oregon's defense in the, uh, that, uh, what do they call it? Not Amoeba. What do they call it uh, in the NCAA tournament? What was that thing called? Where they basically like? Oh no, we beat them, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm saying like they used it. You know what I mean? Like they did this weird like yeah. thing where like sometimes you know, dude was Oregon. Man. Yeah, it was like sometimes yeah, it's like were... that. It was like a. It, I, I wouldn't call it. It was like a three-two zone. It, yeah, it was like, like this weird matchup ma- matchup zone that. Could, but they played it like all five dudes could essentially like play zone and man at the same time. It was like it wasn't amoeba. It was some. There was another like sort of term like that. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. but anyway, it reason, was annoying. Is what it was. <laughs> it was. It was bananas. Like I was trying. I was watching it. I was trying to figure out. Like, all right, what are the rules? Right, Packline has these specific, you know, rules. Yeah, th- theirs right? is like almost like there are no rules. There are it's no like rules. They, it's like this is what we feel like doing, and we're just gonna do it at the same time. Yeah, it's like it's sort of like a matchup zone where people like moved around a lot. Like, and it, they had so much length. It and was sometimes they'd switch, and then sometimes they wouldn't, and it didn't matter where the ball was or wasn't, and it, it didn't matter if you were a shooter, didn't matter where on the floor you were. It was crazy. But the reason I bring that up is because, like, Wake Forest offense to me feels like that, which is like, I mean, nobody else. I've, I just I'm, I realize that, like, it's a fairly well-known concept, but I don't think I've seen anybody else run it except them. Like, at least at UVA's play. Not Maybe like they do. You know, yeah. like the, that concept was just, and I just think that like when you haven't seen it with any regularity, they're lucky they, they were able to slow it down when they could. But anyway, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I mean, you're were, you were sort of talking no, about fine. just sort of the general gist of like the idea that maybe their run game is not, their run defense is not quite as stellar as it looks. Yeah, yeah I mean, I don't think it's elite. But it means, um, like in, in having a great run defense these, these days, what does that really get you? Uh, no one, that's not how teams are beating each other. You know, it, the game has changed. But, you know, if you look at this defense, it makes sense they'd be better against the run than the past. Um, you know, with Famui not there, you know, two good nose tackles that are able to eat up blocks and then Bernie and Alonzo and, um, you know, Nick Jackson and Zane, both are more comfortable coming downhill than, than dropping. So it makes sense they'd be good against the run. Um, not, I'm not saying they're not good against the run. I just don't know if they're as good as the numbers suggest they might be at this point. Um, but yeah, for me, like, it, I mean, the situation, I don't think, I think you've got to, you want to make Carolina pass. I mean, look, a five yard run's a five yard run, but a, you know, a pass can be dropped, you know, so there is. I'd rather I'd rather make a team pass whenever I could. <laughs> can it, Dave? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can. I've seen it before. I didn't think so last year. Um, yeah. So for me, like, I, I mean, I think I would. I'd work on. You know, I'd work on stopping the run, but you've got you can't do it at the sake of putting your guys in the back end and one on one because Sam Howell's a good quarterback, and he's a lot more mobile than people give him credit for, myself included, leading into this season. Um, and honestly, I think if like that's what I'm worried about, I'm worried about him kind of rolling out the naked side and taking advantage of some aggressiveness. Um, but yeah, like he's good. They're good. 
great. Good for them. I can't stand him. So <laughs> good for him. Yeah, he's like Howell's like the mobile pocket quarterback. Like yeah. an Aaron yeah. Rodgers, yeah. where it's like yeah. he's not he's gonna not Trevor Lawrence, but no, he's yeah, he's just gonna he's not match up. He's he's good with his movements, his <laughs> yeah. feet, you know, yeah. moving around, doing things. But yeah, you would you would call yeah. him you would call him uh you you would call him mo like mobile but not elusive, but then also yeah, yeah. elusive well, and not mobile. He's not like a running quarterback, right? He doesn't. He's, just he's not doing it to just, run. He's doing it to get himself space, and he's just really good at it. You know what I mean? Like he's it's. Like and also too, like every like three passes he throws, he does something. I'm just like, dang, that is just filthy. He threw this one ball against NC State, and they had this this angle of it from behind him, and it was just like, dang, dude, like that's not fair. You know what I mean? Like every I, once in a while, he ha- he just flashes that shit, and you're just like, oh, that's how it is. Yeah, I mean, th- th- that's kind of that's the one thing I will say about UVA, UVA fans. Like I had a lot of people last year were like, do you think Bryce Perkins would go? I mean, somebody asked me if he'd go in the first round. And I was like, nah, he just I just don't think he has the arm talent to at least get drafted. You know, maybe he goes undrafted and gets picked up or whatever. But um, UVA fans are getting their fair share of quarterbacks with elite traits this year. Um, yeah. I mean, Trevor Lawrence twice in the last however many games. Um, I think Leary actually is pretty good. And then... Howell and King. Hartman is I mean, Hartman's not, not bad. bad yeah, yeah, I was getting ready to say Hartman's not bad. I, I was getting ready to say if UVA took him. They faced one quarterback that was trash can juice, but I mean the, the rest of them have been pretty good. <laughs> oh man, yeah, the one. Yeah, the one. quarterback guru has the worst quarterback of anyone. Yeah, right. All right. Well, that's what's funny is like for this podcast, I was running a lot of numbers on the offense of the last five years, and I was like, let me see how they compare to Duke. And I took like a quick glance and was like, Duke's offense has been bad. Yeah. People don't talk about that very much. No, that's big narratives, man. Hashtag narratives. That's uh, that's what it's about. I feel like one of the things UVA has to do in this game, honestly, they got to run the ball, right? Like, I mean, it's such a cliche, right? You you got to keep the ball away from the other team, but like UVA really needs to keep the ball away from the other team. Um. Because the last thing you want to do is yeah. what happened to you in Miami where your defense is just out there on the field all the time. And I kind of think that, you know, if this is the week that Ronnie Walker comes back, um, I'm not going to imagine if he did, if he was ill, as Bronco definitely used that word. So maybe whether he was sick right, with something else or sick with coat, whatever. If he was ill and maybe he didn't get a lot of practice time so he doesn't get, you know, a lion's share of the reps or anything like that. But I do think that he's a kid who can help you. Um if nothing else, he gives you another another back who has fresh legs, and 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 that's something that I talked about today on his on his uh, availability. Just the idea of the more options they have to run the ball, the better it is. Um, I kind of think that one of the things they really need to do is to try to keep Rashawn Henry going, right? So it's it's pretty obvious Lavelle Davis is not going to play in this game. Um, Henry did some good stuff last week. I was really impressed with his run blocking numbers too. Like he he seems to have picked up sort of right where Davis left off. Bronco mentioned that they were hoping to get him, um, Kelly, and even Starling going because they would like to have like another wave of you know dudes. Considering the way that reps are sort of doled out, I, I don't know how how much that sort of matters because UVA doesn't seem to want to um, duplicate much. Um, so much of their offense is like throwing random stuff to Poljan, um, who you know is Dave's guy, and he he mossed some kid the other day, so you know. Props yeah, but his his variance between good and bad plays yeah, is pretty severe. Yeah. But I mean, I, what's funny too about him it's is that, like he he's still not. I still don't get the sense of like they're using him right. Like he doesn't. You, you don't need to just like run him down the field and throw him a jump ball. Like 
I don't know. I feel like he's more athletic than they're 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 giving him credit yeah, for. Yeah, they ever like throwing a ball to him down the seam? No, you know, no, like, and or or any you know, it's always like he just kind of sits down, or it's like he caught one. I, there, I it's think a lot was, of out routes and stuff. Yeah, there was yeah. one against Wake that he caught in the middle of the field. You know, one of those like read option, you know, deals. But yeah, it's like sucks the linebackers yes, up. Yes, exactly. Throw yeah, and, and but and and look, I'm not. I'm certainly not trying to um, pile on. I mean, Lord knows we've definitely. Um, shared our thoughts uh, fairly extensively, but I just think that like that's a kid who who could be helping you in a lot of different ways, and I don't know if they've really figured it out, or it could you know fairness you know could be that you know he's still adjusting not just to this level but also to the offense and everything. But I kind of just feel like Virginia's got to do uh, got to do a good job on the ground, right? Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Um, yeah, I, mean, I think that the quarterback rotation stuff, like I don't think they should get rid of it. I mean, I, I've been kind of critical of it being like, I don't think it's the backbone of the offense. It shouldn't be. But I, I think if you can get Thompson in there, I mean, this is the way that I look at it. Like the Armstead and Thompson are, it's not a quarterback rotation. They're clearly not competing with Armstrong. They're running backs playing quarterback. Like they're, it's a wildcat basically is what it is. I mean, that's it. That, it's like if they had put Talapapa there to take the snap, it's the same thing. It's just a different player. Um, and I think those two players are some of your best runners on the team. So, I mean, if you want to give them some carries, cool. The guy I would like to see them kind of figure out a role for is Armstead because when he gets in the open field, he's pretty fast. Um, I, I just don't know if, like, I feel like he should be used more like they're using Tavares Kelly, like run him in motion a lot, get him the ball in the flat, you know, try to see what you can do there. But they haven't really done any of that stuff yet. I kind of also think, too, that it wouldn't be a bad idea to – Maybe, I don't know, play some good field position stuff. Like, I feel like it's still been a while since Virginia. I mean, there were definitely elements of it in the Miami game. I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. But, man, it, you still get the sense that, like, the special teams is not quite back to that level. And it's and it's very apparent to me that last year's success was predicated in part largely on the fact that UVA special teams did a really good job of setting them up in really good spots. Um, and... I think this is a game where any mistake, like any of those little dumb, you know, kick the ball out of bounds or you miss a field goal or dudes obviously muffing kicks and whatnot, any of that stuff is, I mean, I'm not saying that this is a Carolina team that you have to play absolutely clean to beat, but because of the way they can sort of take advantage of the things that you don't do well in a variety of different ways, man, you, you, you're going to have to play clean you can't. I mean, like it was nice to see Virginia play a game last weekend where I mean, look, the the only turnover of the game was on the last play out of desperation, right? Essentially, it's a turnover free game. Um, it would be yeah. nice to see him do that again. See the special teams give him, you know, good field position. I think that's going to be, you know, I think it's cliche too, but that's for this team. They need every advantage they can get. You know, would be nice. Like, oh, that's right. But what would be nice is to not give up a freaking score on the first drop. Um, I mean, to not like. Virginia, Ferger probably knows these numbers, but the coin toss has been terrible for yeah. UVA. <laughs> well, no, no, they won the coin toss a lot, but they keep deferring. I know. Yeah, <laughs> they keep saying you have the ball, and they're like, "Okay, we'll go score." So Virginia's had like I, I did. My math might be off by a drive or two, but sixty-eight drives this year, they were trailing on fifty of those sixty-eight drives. Like that's not and good. You know, I would say they're probably tied. Like yeah, eight, eight of them. <laughs> yeah, uh, eighteen. They were either tied or lead, leading. Um, and eight of those are worth were against Duke. So only ten drives in the rest of the games where they t- even 
tied with the other team. Um, and then the only game they've had where they weren't trailing the first time they touched the ball wasn't Duke because they fumbled that opening kickoff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were already trailing before they got the first drop. It was the NC State game. Um, every other game they've been down by at least three points and seven in most before the offense gets on the field. Um, so a better, you know, if you win the toss, maybe take the ball. You know, maybe dictate a little bit. Um, I know it's nice. Everyone likes to come out in the second half with the ball, but you know, to me, this team needs to score. And well, the good news is whatever you gotta do. is the best in the country at the two-minute drill. So um, apparently, so that's oh, good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they should be able to, to end the half. See, yeah, I think a lot, a lot of teams think a lot of teams do this <laughs> thing, and I don't really get it. Where it's, I mean, I understand the concept, but they're like, hey, if we get the last possession of the first half, we get the next possession in the game. But it's like you're usually still even with them in drives. Like, <laughs> by the end of the game, it's not like you get a free possession by kicking off. Yeah, the off key the is thing. scoring points on your possessions, not when you get them. Yeah. All right, hold on, wait a I minute. I got, I got to ride for this. I like. Listen, if you, if you, you win the toss and you defer, I, I would kick off too. I mean, I would kick off most of the time too. Especially, to be honest especially because you know, given UVA situation. But like, I just think that like being able to go in at halftime and make some adjustments, presumably, and come out in the second half, you know, and be, you know, Virginia was going to be aggressive, right? But I understand what you're saying. It's like the there is a there is a sort of like magic elixir feeling. Um, Ferber, I hope you're okay. Um, there's a sort of magic elixir <laughs> feeling of like getting the 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 last, you know, having the last possession of the first half and getting the you know getting the ball back in the second. I can't tell you how many times I've tweeted that out. Like, oh, remember Virginia gets the ball in the second half. Like, I think that's just a human sort of response. But I understand what you're saying. Like, that's you know, in the big scheme of things, like that might feel important in the moment. But heck, for these dudes, anything. Like, Ferber talked earlier. I don't know if it was on this podcast or what, but the idea of like. That last year, essentially, they were like right on the good side of that good to great line, and now everything seems to be kind of pulling them on the other side of it. Heck, that's something. If they scored, if they ever could put a touchdown drive together in both drives, of course they don't do that. But like, if they could ever do that, man, you would feel so dramatically different about that 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 approach, right? Like, but that's the problem. Is that like you know, typically they don't do that. They, they almost do one or the other. Clemson of all teams, which is hilarious. <laughs> like they scored in that half, and then they almost scored to start the second half. But Armstrong threw the pick. Yeah. That was like mall, you know, the Odell Beckham catch or whatever. Odell. Oh um, yeah. But right. I mean, yeah, it's there's just the little things where it's like, oh, you know, that we're so close. You know, if we do this right or this right, and I just, I feel like they're they're close to mediocre. Like they're not close to good. It, you know, unless something changes dramatically, um, which is disappointing because I think they have a lot of good players and, and their offensive line is playing better. Yeah. Virginia's had the ball's first, second half every game except Duke, and they scored zero points and they've turned it over once. Um, so, yeah, that, that adjustment at the halftime thing isn't working too well. Yeah. About that. All right. <laughs> and and not, only, not only have they not scored points, I think a lot no, of those like three drafts have been, have been just like three plays and out, three plays and out. And that's, that's probably I – don't, I don't have a record of this, but I feel like they have more point, more drives this year that I can remember where they just go three and out than – you know, like last year they'd have drives for zero points, but they'd get two first downs and punt or, you know, yeah, whatever. They were three true. and outs too. Yeah, I feel like they have feeling. a lot of three and outs this year where it's like – they, they never get going because the first play of the drive is an incomplete pass. And then the second play of the drive is a two-yard run. And then it's like third and eight. They're just in a lot of – and you, we all know UVA's offense is designed to get four yards. You can't get more than four. 
<laughs> like you, you have to get four. So when it's third and eight, I don't know how you're going to be able to convert that. If these folks don't come out here and score, f- you know, fifty soon, Ferber's going to be very distraught. He's, uh, he's. Well, I mean, this is the, the funny thing is, you know, like, um, the, it, it, I, I didn't do this on purpose, right? But like my my hardest criticism of the offense last year was after they lost to Louisville because I don't really know what they were trying to do in that game, and then they came out against North Carolina the next week and had like their best game of the season on offense. So, you know, that's here true. we go. That's <laughs> true, everybody. This could all be this could all be a shtick. It's all a bit. Um, all right, in the preseason, I wrote pick- like five thousand words on like how they, their offense yeah. was a joke, and then they came out and scored thirty. Let me just points. tell you what I just want to tell. Since you opened that door, I'm gonna close it. Listen to me. So Ferber writes this thing. This is the first time my email has ever done this. I got to the bottom of it thinking it was the end, and then it said, click to expand the text. And I was like, what? And so I hit it again, and there was at least another thousand words under there. And I was like, oh, my God. So, yes, yes. It, it, Ferber has, has, has hit this, uh, um, this, this super highway where he <laughs> – I mean, my man has thoughts. You know, he has, he has takes, and I, you know, I appreciate it. It just takes forever to edit, but man, it's uh, it's good. I I uh, I don't want you to st- I don't want you to change anything up. That's for sure. But it was definitely I, was, I clicked that button. I saw the button. I was like, "What is that? I've never seen that before." Um, anyway, all right. In the preseason, let's see. Um, let's start with you, Dave. In the preseason, you had Carolina winning this thing forty-two to forty uh, with a fifty percent, or maybe that's UVA. Did you have UVA winning this or no? Let me let me check my let me check the film. <laughs> <laughs> I've got my list right here. Uh, I had his winning 42 to 40. Yep. All right. So what do you say now? Hello. Hello. Yep. We can hear you. We can hear you. Also, Dave, for the record, I would like to say that in the prop bets, you said that UVA was going to score like 62 points in this game or something like that. Oh no, we lost Dave. Def- defend yourself, Dave. Come no, out from wherever no, you are. See, Dave just left. Okay, we're, what we're going to do is we're going to now pivot to Ferber and hope that Dave doesn't rejoin okay. the call and go, "Hey, I'm back." All right, Ferber I really the- enjoyed hey, last. Week oh, there he is. Hey, I'm like, back. You guys are like Ferber will be on any minute now. And then I but, hey, I turned to grab my I turned to grab my paper and my headphones glitched out. Sorry about that. I don't know if you heard me, but I said that in the prop bet thing, you you predicted UVA was going to score like a season high sixty two points or something in this game. In this game, no, just forty-two. Just forty-two. Okay. Um. All right. So, what say you? What say you now? Mac Brown can't win in Charlottesville, and I won't pick the team in baby blues who get lots of stuff to sell after they graduate for free from the Jordan brand. Um, that is I mean, the most. That is the most UVA take you've ever had in your entire life. <laughs> that is the like bitterness about the Jordan. Brand. Yes. I would love to hear Dave do. Like oh 10 God! That. Yes, I oh, would love. God. I would love to get Dave good liquored up and then just like just like record him just going to town. You know, I hate Jordan. Patreon brand. supporters can hear it anytime they want. <laughs> Patreon. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but at some point, we're gonna um, have to actually create one. We keep making jokes like that. All right, continue. Yeah, I'm sorry, we we interrupted you. Go ahead. No. Look, I mean, I, I, I like the way the defense came out against Miami. Um, look, there's not much of a home field advantage here. But, look, I, I believe in our leaders on the defense. I think the defense is going to get it done. I think they're going to throw some looks at how that confuse them enough to force a turnover or two. Um, hopefully the offense can play clean, take advantage of the turnovers they do have. Um, look, as good as Carolina's offense is, their defense is, while improved, isn't a juggernaut. Um I mean, it's definitely at best the third best defense we've seen this year. Um, so, 
and I just have a feeling the offense is due, right? I mean, can't lose to Carolina. Mac Brown's brought, brought much better teams than this one in the Charlottesville and going home with his tail between his legs. So um, I'm going to Virginia win it. Uh, and uh, thank God my liver needed this break moment. Um, 38 to 35. <sighs> well, all right then. Um, I'm an optimist. It was Carolina. <laughs> You're, I don't know, man. I appreciate how much you hate them. I mean, I get it. Like for a whole lot of like UVA fans, like, I, and I'm not trying to say that. Like, yeah, it that, doesn't really resonate for me, right? Like, I don't get it. Yeah, like um, I, I mean, I don't like them, but like I, I never really was like I can't stand those guys. Maybe more in basketball, but like they just never really move the needle for me. They're just another team. Like, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Growing up. Did Dave leave again? I think he did. He left. Um, I mean, you guys grew up in Emporia too, though. So like, it's okay. Different. Whoa, 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 whoa! Like, he didn't grow up in for Emporia. For me, it's like no, 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 no. Don't well, don't, don't you hand? I mean. Don't you make? We got to claim him now. No, no, no. He that grew up in Dinwiddie. That part of the world. Yeah, he, yeah. We grew up in the same general location. Dave did not grow up in Emporia. We, he doesn't get to claim yeah. E Town. Okay, no. It's all it's all the same. Good. I didn't say anything about E Town. I just no. got bumped again. I know. <laughs> you, no, I know. But Ferber tried to say you guys grew up in Emporia. Um, and I was like, no, I, was, no, no, no. I was just trying. I was just trying to say you guys are closer to North Carolina, so that's maybe true. there's more of a, a beef. That's true. Um, it's I, don't, older. I had a, I had a much stronger discussion. Like, I think it's a generational thing too. Yeah, but like, yeah. I, I, I always had a much more like I had I loathed Maryland much more than North Carolina. Yeah, I always like, I always loathe. I think actually I loathe them both equally, and then loathe Tech mm-hmm. the worst. You know. Yeah, I mean Virginia Tech's at the top, but then like you know Maryland is for me was second, and North Carolina it was always like this is a rivalry, and I'm like okay, <laughs> you know like sure um, I, don't, I don't think they really care, so whatever. It's so fine. in the preseason, Ferber, you had this thing thirty eight thirty five Carolina. Um, yeah, I'm gonna guess you you don't typically like to change up, but something tells me you're gonna change that up a little bit. You know what? I don't think that's gonna be the score necessarily, but I'm just gonna keep it. What the hell? Oh, okay. Um, I, the reason is I think that this game is – I think out after all the crap I just said about UVA's offense, I think this game kind of presents an opportunity for them to play better. Um, and then maybe the defense can make a play here or there and give them a short field. Um, I do think – I don't think UVA is necessarily going to get to that many points, but I think it will be a high-scoring game. Um, I, I expect North Carolina to win, but the one thing that kind of makes me think UVA can win is that we saw them lose to Florida State, who is not good. Like, if they had won that game, I'd be like, all right, this team's good. They don't have a flaw. Like, I mean, they have flaws, but, like, they're not going to be the type of team that you're going to be able to beat. And, I, I mean, we've seen them lose to a bad team. So, and I think UVA is better than Florida State, so I wouldn't be shocked. And then, and Dave mentioned the, the history there. So, um, I think it's a high-scoring game. I think North Carolina makes one or two more plays. Um, but I wouldn't be shocked if they won, really. Wow. All right. So in the preseason, I had this thing as a Carolina win, uh, 28-27. Um, I still think Carolina is – I mean, I think you have to pick Carolina to win it. I'm like forever. I don't think I would be shocked or surprised to see UVA win. My, my issue in picking them, are, it's two things. One, I need to see something, something like a complete game, you know, a complimentary sort of Virginia complete game, right? where the special teams does its job, the defense does its job, the offense does its job. Not saying they don't make some mistakes, but like essentially like, oh, the, the, nothing has collapsed. Like everybody's kind of pulling their own weight and, you know, they're kind of doing what they're supposed to do. That's a th- hard thing for me to pick 
to to say like oh they're going to come do it against a top 15 team um my second thing is that like typically it's it's hard for me to go against a team that has the better quarterback uh and how is the better quarterback i i think virginia's ability to shut down the run this is the game whether it, it shows up as a real thing or not right um because carolina is going to run the ball um they are very good at breaking tackles. They are very good at kind of getting that momentum, bouncing back and forth between Carter and Williams. And because you do have to account for Howell and you have to account for Brown, you have to account for these dudes, like it does sort of have a stacking effect, right? Um, for me, the difference is can Virginia, one, be complimentary, and then two, defensively, if they shut down the run, I feel like they're in a really good spot. Um, it, that's for me, and not to, not to you know, jump in Ferber's uh, preview here, but like that's the path to victory to me. So Ferber, if I just wrote that section of your preview, you're welcome. Um, I just, I don't know. I, and that's a hard thing for me to pick because until they do it, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm going to be a little skeptical. So I think I'm going to pick Carolina to win this thing 35 to 24. Um, what's the line right now? Have I got the latest line on this game? I think it's like North Carolina by like a little less than a touchdown. Okay. Yeah, it's um, it's seven. It's okay. seven right now. So that I mean that's which screens Vegas wants you to bet Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um so I don't know. We'll, what we'll, do they know? We'll see. Um we, we first we gotta figure out who who's coming tomorrow. Um maybe by the time folks hear this, the, whoever that is will already have arrived. Um I think our I guess, mean the funniest possible answer is the is the stupid mascot that one of you send in our thread the old you know cavid donkey thing if they bring that thing back as a zombie though that, that's gonna be pretty fun Except if they I'll wore that on the net, i would slice die. off air what it is i think i might know what it is but i'm only gonna share it with our patreon audience i mean i think <laughs> okay i mean i'm pretty sure it's some sort of halloween uniform but, it better i don't think it's know. a. I don't think it's a Halloween. but although it's on halloween night so maybe so yeah yeah that is normally when you would do Halloween things on Halloween. See, okay, come on, man. I mean, it's not like the Unless week you got of kids and you do it every damn day around it. <laughs> <laughs> um, is Halloween even a thing now? Uh, that uh, is a very yes. good question. It sort of re- depends on where you are and who you are. Um, but I don't think that's... We the- have a drive through Halloween here. Yeah, there's a lot of folks doing also like tables with like bags that you sort of you know grab and go as opposed to like you know going up and knocking on people's doors and- yeah well get all your halloween out come back watch <laughs> acc network and a stream you, two if, minutes behind yeah, i was gonna say if you have Day acc o'clock. network if uh yeah. don't pay attention to my twitter skip, i had somebody tell me the other day the like hey show. you're 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 too fast i don't i don't look at i don't look at twitter when i'm streaming like live but i did get a text on saturday night that just said rashawn henry in all caps Listen, yeah. from Brad. Listen. Oh yes, we should have brought that up in the podcast. Oh, I have was a touchdown that was called back. Listen, and then, then it was called back. <laughs> listen, listen. One, I have a fairly lengthy list of players who need to catch touchdowns before this season is over, and um, I got to get moving on that thing. All right. Second, yeah. I, it's not my fault. For once, I was at home. I was at home watching it, so it wasn't even like I was yeah. in the stadium and I was I, you know, like that. I was. I had some guy come at me. I'm like, dude, I'm I'm watching on TV too. Like, you know. And what's really funny that, is that like, on that person, though, to be quite honest with you, like don't look at Twitter before the play if you, unless you want to know what happens. Right. Like, I've gotten pretty good. Like I don't look at Twitter, but my phone starts buzzing. Right. Yeah. So you get excited. I've gotten to where between plays, I flip my phone over so I don't accidentally <laughs> see what the message says. I just don't. But if your phone starts it. blowing up before the play, you know something good. Or I bad have I have tip I have I have taken to letting the thing happen and waiting for one of y'all to comment on it before I comment, especially like if I'm there. Right. 
There was like, one exception, and it was when Lavelle Davis started freaking out in the yeah, Duke game. Yeah. You were just like, I Lavelle M. Effin Davis. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't help it. I couldn't help it. I'm sorry. It was not my fault. Um, Yeah, man. God, I really I kind of miss being in the press box with, for the Brad reactions to stuff. Brad reacts. Those are the days. Brad reacts. Uh, yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully it won't always be like this. Um, I mean, heck, we, we probably won't get to cover any basketball games in person, you know, like, heck, who knows? But anyway, let's not, let's whenever not that down, happens. Yeah. Let's not go down that path. Um, that's all super, super depressing and whatnot. Um, if you are somebody who found the podcast through the website, thank you very much for giving us a listen. If you don't mind, look us up on uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, wherever it is that you get your programs, we should be there. And if we're not, let me know because I want to be there. Now, if you're somebody who's found the pod, has not given us a look yet, check us out, catscorner.com. Uh, I mentioned Ferber's um, film room. It is super informative as well as entertaining. There's even a Remember the Titans reference. Uh, I, let's see, I got notes from Anai and Hal's talk um, with media folks today as they're talking about preparing for the, the um, game Saturday. We got the grades up from Pro Football Focus. I got my 3-2-1 based off of Monday's presser. The weekend wrap is there. Ferber's take two, um, which is always my favorite part of Sunday, um, is seeing whatever Ferber decided um, to say about the game and whatever sort of thing he, he left in there that I'm supposed to cut in case I didn't. In, in, and if I don't see it, it just sort of gets out there, which is always fun, too. Yeah. What? Um, no, you weren't supposed to cut anything. But what kind of gifts for this week? That's the real question. Well, I was actually good. I was actually just thinking we should after I get done with my spiel, we should talk about the whole Seinfeld situation. Because um, sure. I, I mean, personally, I asked him to do Seinfeld for the first half and then Hamilton quotes for the second half. Um, maybe you should do Hamilton gifts instead. There's enough in there, right, for you to, to make that work, right? Oh, yeah, there's so many. Yeah, okay. Now that it's on Disney. Yeah, I mean, there You're has to be enough. Carolina. Just use old Mac Brown gifts. No. Oh. No, I don't want to see him <laughs> in the, that Thank weird you so much for having me at the University of Virginia. <laughs> oh, wow, that's a really game. good Mac Brown. Mac okay, Brown. <laughs> we, already went through, we already went through the closing thing. I, I have to wrap it up now. It's, just, that's in, it's in the bylaws, okay? It's in the, it's in the rules. Um <laughs> So, again, I want to thank everybody out there for continuing to support the show. I want to thank Dave and Ferber for giving graciously of their time, as always. I very much appreciate all that they do. So, for David Spence and Justin Ferber, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon.